Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter, Allegra. You may know my mom from The Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it. We also talk about fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies. Today's episode is all about the Hunger Games. Actually, it's not all about the Hunger Games. It's also about how we decide with our kids what's appropriate to consume and at what age. Come on, Mom. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of Kid Literate. Hey, Allegra. Hey. This episode topic came to us just recently. You want to kind of set it up? What are we talking about today? So we're talking about what makes things appropriate for your family at different ages. Also, we're kind of tying in the Hunger Games, which me and mom just finished. We did. How did you like the first book? I loved it. (laughs) Okay, so this is a good time for a couple disclaimers. We are going to talk a little bit about the Hunger Games, the book. We have not seen the movie yet. Um, And actually, we aren't even all the way through the series. But if you don't want I don't think we'll do a lot of spoilers, do you, Allegra? But if you're totally not familiar and you want to stay in the dark, just you've been warned. And then also we're going to get into um, what makes a movie or a book or even music appropriate for kids of certain ages, which means we may touch on some things that are inappropriate. So if you've got little ears, I don't know, it's going to be still G-rated, but we're going to talk about things, some of the things that have come up and how we make decisions about when you guys are allowed to watch. Um, Okay, but first got to talk about The Hunger Games because we both just finished. So... Tell everybody how we've been doing this. So we were reading where a little bit each night my mom read to me, and then I read a couple more chapters. And then when she woke up super early the next morning, then she would read and catch up to where I was. And then that night we would read together. And Yeah, so it was like, it wasn't totally a read aloud. It was more like reading in tandem. And it worked really well, and we both really loved the book. It was truly a page turner. Now, for those who don't know you, how old are you, Allegra? I am 11 years old. And how many of your friends would you say have already read The Hunger Games? Um, Most, some, all? Some, I'd say. Okay. So um, we'll talk more about Common Sense Media in just a little bit when we get into this bigger general question. But um, I looked up The Hunger Games, the first book, On Common Sense Media, I have it right here. So on Common Sense Media, you get both parents and kids weighing in with what age they think this content is appropriate for. And so what what are they saying here, Allegra? So the parents say 13 plus and the kids say 11 plus. Mm -hmm. And that's on average, of course. So Mm -hmm. some people went higher, some people went lower. Um, You asked me if you could read The Hunger Games probably a full year ago. Maybe a little less, I feel like. You think? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't give you a hard no, but I was like, "Mm, I just, I didn't know that much. I know it sounds like I've been living under a rock, but I didn't ever read it when it first became popular. I never saw the movies. So my knowledge of it was pretty limited. And I kind of just put you off. I kind of just said, well, let's wait a little while. Let's maybe, let me read it first. Let me check it out for you. And then lo and behold, like, less than a year later, I thought, yeah, you're probably ready. So I guess it wasn't a very scientific decision in this case. I just felt like it seemed like more like middle school content. And so what do you, what do you think having read it? Do you think you were old enough? I do. I think I was old enough, but some 11 year olds, if they're not very mature or don't understand 
different things, then they might not be ready. It's not a set age, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's kind of what all this come down, comes down to. So what would be in the Hunger Games? And this is where, you know, we'll try not to spoil too much, but what would be some of the actual sensitivities in the Hunger Games? What are some some themes or some things that um, would make it maybe not appropriate for, say, a nine-year-old? There is violence and some kissing. Mm-hmm. And she kind of is friends with a boy and then pretends to like a boy. And Definitely then like romance and intrigue. Some. Yeah. There's a lot of violence. A lot. So I would say if we're like. That's the whole point of the book. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, there's violence to the death in really a pretty disturbing premise. Yes. Um, but what I found interesting was um, the gore. Moderate gore. At the end. Yeah. Moderate. Um, I I never was never like cringing at the amount of violence. I think for me, it's that the entire premise of the story is about teenagers battling each other to the death while the world watches. So it's almost like the premise is more disturbing than than the detail the author gives you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I'd say another thing like you might feel protective about is. There is one character who is very addicted to drugs, liquor, and he doesn't get over it. So if you don't want your kids. Yeah, he's a raging drunk for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are some pretty mature things. And so now when you say that, Eleven almost seems young. But maybe what are some of the positives about this book? Like why why is it so popular and why why are so many middle school aged kids? Why is it such a page turner? It has really good detail. I felt like I could see the images in my mind, which in my view is makes the book good. And the main character is a female, a very strong female who provides for her family, goes hunting in the woods. Great with a bow and arrow. Yeah, I agree with all those things. Um, Would you also say that it makes you think about the world we live in? It's kind of this like it's futuristic. It talks about taking place in. Uh, an imaginary, a fictional land where North America used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and their government, the way their society is set up has, I mean, it's pretty different from ours, but there's threads that are similar. Um, mm-hmm. Poverty, mm-hmm. wealth, a government that's involved in the people's lives. Like, wouldn't you, I mean, I think those are really interesting things for middle school kids to start to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just started the second book in the series. I read ahead a lot towards the end of the book and like read half the book in one night, stayed up till 1030. (laughs) And then mom finished it on her trip to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. She left us behind (laughs) with our grandma. It's okay. So we are planning to watch the movie together. And I'm not sure what that will be like, if it's going to be similar to the book. I haven't really heard anything. Maybe you have. Uh, Yeah, I think the movies are really good. I mean, so dad has seen them um, and he's excited for us to watch the first one. He has not read the books. But I think in general, much like the Harry Potter series, I think especially the first movie is a pretty... Uh, true to storytelling of the book because the book was so insanely popular. You didn't 
they didn't need to do much other than bring it to life. So I'm sure some of you out there listening um, have seen the movies, but we have not yet. So we are going to watch the first movie together. We just have to find a time where I won't fall asleep and the other kids are asleep. It's kind of a challenge. Now we are going to talk about, in general, what makes a book or movie appropriate at different ages or maturity levels. And this is this is really hard. And I think this is something that never really goes away from the very first shows and movies you're letting your kids watch when they're, you know, toddlers uh, all the way on up. So maybe Allegra, we can kind of tell tell everybody how it's worked in our family. So one thing I want to say is that all kids are different in terms of what they're sensitive to. And by sensitive, I mean, afraid, you know, things that make them afraid or things that um, upset, them. upset them. So we've had to learn a little bit by trial and error what things you guys were afraid of. Scary is probably the easiest thing to tell because a kid will tell you probably when something is too scary. But there's also been movies that um, you guys have we've realized after the fact that it was a little much for you. And usually the way we knew is you kind of became obsessed with it or wanted to talk about it or were up all night thinking about it. And so, you know, we remember the Lion King. Mm -hmm. I would not stop talking about the scene where Mufasa dies. Yeah. We would pretend it at like age three. Um, so all kids are different. And then also, you know, all families are different in the, the types of things that you want to maybe protect your kids from seeing. In our family, uh, bad language and swear words are, they're just not that big a deal to dad and me. Um, you guys all have heard swear words. You know when they should and should not be used. Um, and you know if you used them at school, you'd get in trouble. And so I, it's never been something... Um, you know, we listen to the Hamilton soundtrack on repeat. It's been on repeat for three years in our car. I memorized Has some it. Very inappropriate language at parts. Um, so that's just never been a big thing. Um, but there are other things for us and especially for me that I'm pretty protective of, which brings up the other thing. And you you mentioned it, but me and dad are pretty different, right? Mm hmm. Dad often forgets to check if things are appropriate. He'll just say, oh, yeah, I was about your age when I watched it. Turns out he was actually 13, not 11. <laughs> that has happened. And he also gets he, he loves adventure stories. He loves movies. He loves books. He loves sci fi. Um, so he also gets really excited to show you guys things. Star Wars. Um, you and told us when we were little that as soon as. We were born. He wanted to read us Harry Potter. That is true. He was like ready when you guys were like two. Um, so we we keep each other in checks and balances, um, which brings me to our very favorite resource, and that is Common Sense Media. So mentioned it a little bit earlier, but if you're not familiar, you can look up books, music, um, TV shows, movies, all the stuff we talk about here podcasts. on uh, podcast. I know. Yeah, I think so. I know they do. They do great roundups of lists of podcasts. Um, I'm not sure if they would rate one for appropriateness, but they might. Um, so when you look something up and you pull it up, you'll see that age appropriate recommendation, what parents are saying, what kids are saying. And then they've got this thing where they have they're like five stars, but not really. Under each category, there's like educational value, positive messages, positive role models, violence, language, consumerism, drinking, drugs. And then they just bubble in how much they think um, or parents think that like on Hunger Games, it's three for educational value, four for positive messages, four for positive role models. And then 
for some, there might not be any. And it just says not present. There's none. Yeah. So exactly. And you'll be able to see the things that you know you are especially protective of. You can see where it rates on that. I also appreciate sometimes common sense media will say something has, you know, lots of violence and then it'll rate it for educational value and positive messages. It'll be like a one. And then you realize like, well, this isn't even a very good movie. It's just violence and gore. Whereas there's others like the hunger games definitely has some mature content, but you see it has really positive messages, positive role models. So it it allows you to kind of weigh those pros and cons, I think in a, in a really, really, but if it's like, four stars violence and zero positive messages, then you know it's just shooting and car chases. Right. Yeah. Um, And then there's there's usually a pretty detailed description of what parents need to know, and they will go into specifically those those areas. So um, we will link that up in the show notes. But I would say heading to Common Sense Media is something we do on the regular when we're trying to figure out if you guys are ready for a particular piece of media. Well, one little shortcut cheat that I use when trying to figure out, especially if I encounter a book or a movie that I've never seen before, I have no familiarity with. Um, A shorthand for me is I will scan the book jacket or the back of the DVD case and figure out how old the protagonist is. So if the book is about a 16-year-old, I'm guessing it's not a book written for 11-year-olds. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not um, a hard and fast rule. And I think you guys have always been advanced readers. So um, when you were, say, nine, I think books about 11 and 12 year olds were mostly fine. Now that you're 11, books about a 15 or 16 year old, I might look into a little bit more because that's a pretty big age jump. So it's not the it's not like a hard and fast rule, but it does help me figure out who the target audience would be. I think probably our final tip here is when in doubt, screening something before you let your kids watch it is probably best. I have to say that's not always super easy or practical. Sometimes you end up at a family party and there's a movie on in the background and your kid sees something you weren't planning on having them seeing. See, And that's okay. Um, But also we found that watching or reading something together, so at least we can talk about questions that come up. And they don't like feel like they have to keep it a secret that they accidentally read that. Yeah. And then they're like, nervous. Yeah. So we try and consume that kind of stuff together. Do you have anything on your list that you want to read or watch that I haven't let you yet? Friends? Yeah, that's a good one. What do you guys think out there, audience? Is friends appropriate for a middle schooler? Here's what I think. I think it's 90% yes. I think the humor is really funny. The characters are great. I think there's some adult situations and adult humor that would just Bring up a good conversation. That's in Survivor too, though. Yeah. But not as much because they're not in an actual situation. Yeah. And when it's humor, it's when when a joke is when it's an adult joke, it usually requires that you have an understanding of mature relationships. And so either you won't get the joke and you won't ask or you'll look at me and be like, I don't get it. What are they talking about? And then we'll have a conversation. So I think I think friends is like. 90% okay. And many of the episodes would be totally appropriate. Maybe I could watch a couple of those. Yeah. I think she's lobbying hard. What do you guys think out there? And tell me if you have middle schoolers who watch Friends. Um, Actually, that's a great point, Allegra, because really a whole world of comedy is about to open up to you that will be so much fun because dad and I both love comedy and some comedy is inappropriate. That's what makes it funny. 
Um, okay, so guys, we end every episode by talking about what we are reading lately. So Allegra, what have you been reading? I, right now, am reading a book that is called Does My Head Look Big in This? I'm not sure the author's name, but it is about a girl who, in her religion, she wears a hijab. A hijab, hijab yep. Hijab. Mm-hmm. And she... She doesn't have to wear it full time, but she decides she's ready and she's going to a snotty prep school. That's pretty much as far as I've gotten. Do you like it? Yes, I do. Okay. So we will link that up in the show notes. It's does my head look big in this or does my head look fat in this? Big. Big. I don't know why I thought it was fat. And I, after I read The Hunger Games, um, got back to reading a book called The Paris Wife, which was a huge bestseller a few years ago. But I tend not to read best-selling fiction right when it comes out. I come back to it a few years later. And it is um, set in Paris. And it is a historical fiction. So it has a lot of true historical places and people, um, but is, in the end, a fictional novel. And it's really good. I'm about three quarters of the way through. So since this is one of the first couple episodes, we have not gotten to our last segment, which is what you're reading. Listeners, you can send us what you are reading right now to hello at kidliteratepodcast.com. Yeah, and just tell us what you're reading, what your kids are reading lately, and we hope to include some of your messages on the show so we can be always recommending great books for kids and their families. All right, Allegra, this was fun. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yep, make sure to subscribe. Kid Literate is a production of Life Listened. Our sound engineer is Brian Thomas from Yokai Audio. You can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliteratepodcast.com and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thanks! Thanks!